Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. The in-person election, which is most of the vote, occurs three weeks from today. And as I've done for twenty years, we will have a big-time election night coverage here from six to nine p.m. Eastern time, and the times throughout the country. We often get a little bit of inside information. We're able to see some of the tracking polls when people vote. And, of course, I bring my knowledge to this. There's really nobody else in radio who has the experience I do when it comes to this issue. That's no brag. It's just fact. I've been involved since I was 13 years old. 13 years old. Can you imagine? I'm 65 right now. In any event, I want to get you psyched up. I want to get you worked up. I want to get you motivated to do everything you can in your role, in your life, in your community, to make sure that we win this election and win it massively. It's all going to depend on you. So in the weeks up to the election, some of you voting now, I want you to keep a few things in mind when you hear that. I want you to think about how this nation has fought for its liberty. How prior generations have fought for our liberty. How we have volunteers today who fight for our liberty. Selfless. Put their lives on the line. For the battles of Lexington and Concord. Gettysburg. The siege of Yorktown. When you think about the Battle of the Alamo, then you think about the invasion of Normandy, you think of the Battle of Iwo Jima, Midway, 
You think about today, the brave men and women who fought in Afghanistan and Iraq, Vietnam, North Korea, and on and on and on. So many battles, we can't even keep track of them. Tens of millions of Americans who have fought for this country. And over a million who've died for you. For your freedom. They didn't do that so that a new generation of Americans could piss it all away. Because they're offended. Or because they, they have a new ideology that was hatched in some Ivy League school. Because they have a chip on their shoulder. Because they don't want to work. Or they're jealous of their fellow citizens. Or a thousand other reasons. Nobody's insisting that you go to war. That you leave behind your family. That you put your life on the line. What we are insisting is that each and every one of you do your part to save this nation or we're going to lose it. Not to the British, not to the French. We're going to lose it. Not to Imperial Japan or Fascist Italy or the Third Reich. Not to China, North Korea. Not to the North Vietnamese. Not to Russia. We're going to lose it here within the United States. The greatest threat we face. The greatest threat we face in this country is American Marxism. And that threat And that threat has found a home in the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party, which has little in common with America, the Democrat Party, where slavery found a home, where segregation found a home, where Jim Crow found a home, Where the Klan found a home. Where lynchings found a home. Where literacy tests and poll taxes found a home. And today, it's where the radicals find a home. The people who hate America find a home. It's where Antifa and Black Lives Matter find a home. It's where AOC and Talib and Omar find a home. It's where racists find a home and anti-Semites find a home. It's the, the home for those who reject science and believe that murdering babies in the last second of life is a choice.
They claim to want to protect a woman's body when they won't even define what a woman is. They claim to want to defect, protect women's rights. And yet, when it comes to security, safety, and policing, more women are being raped in our streets day and night than ever before. Lawlessness, complete lawlessness. Because in our major cities, controlled by the Democrats, they won't protect the populations. Because they despise law enforcement. Murders through the roof. People can't take public transportation. It's not because America's a bad place. It's because the Democrat Party is evil. 110,000 young people from the ages of 20, excuse me, 18 to 49 have perished in the last nine months from fentanyl that comes across the border, mostly manufactured in China, brought into this country through open borders through the drug cartels. It's at an all-time high. The Democrat Party has done this. MS-13 has spread throughout America. Convicts, people with criminal records who've been deported before, they're back. Word's gone out. No vetting. Come in. Terrorists have crossed the border. Almost a thousand innocent people have died at the border. In the Rio Grande. Children are being molested. Women are being raped. Sold into human slavery. America didn't do that. The Democrat Party did it. We have senior citizens on this country, many of them living off of Social Security. Imagine living off of Social Security with the cost of eggs going up 40%. With the cost of gasoline going up 60%. Imagine. Imagine having to choose between three square meals a day and two, or heating your home. Imagine. Imagine sabotaging your own country, energy independence, sabotaging it. Imagine. These are the forces within. This is what you're voting about in 21 days. You decide if we live free or we live as captured servants of the Democrat Party and a centralized, massive federal bureaucracy. You decide. It's in your hands. What are you going to do about it? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad 
that as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new, completely free online course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, Rush Limbaugh and I were buddies for over 25 years. And we talked a lot. When he lost his hearing, we emailed a lot. We texted a lot. And we shared a lot of views with each other. One phrase he used was echo chamber. I knew what he meant. Even as I began my radio career, I knew what he meant. And of course, we experience it here. Since the Dobbs decision in June, I've been trying to make the point and put the Democrats on defense on this issue of abortion. I have explained on every platform I have to tens of millions of Americans and Republicans running for office. The Democrats do not support Roe v. Wade. They are much more radical. They they support killing babies. That science says are babies. And I want to pick this up when we come back, because now the abortion issue is biting them in the butt. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new, completely free online course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Echo chamber. So what we've been saying here, and you've been here for the last four to five months, is stop running from this abortion issue. Get your head around it. And do not let the Democrats define it. Don't let them create the narrative. Their position is so extreme, it's not, it's not embraced by countries except like North Korea and China. It's not embraced by a single civilized nation, not one. The Democrats voted for a bill that places absolutely no limits on abortion, none whatsoever, destroys every regulation in every state, eliminates parental notification. That is a radical extremist pro-death position. 
It's why it's not covered by the media. It's why they never asked Dr. Fauci or any of the other doctors who, who dance across the media stage. When does life begin? When does life begin? We know it begins well before abortion in the last trimester. So this isn't even a fight over Roe v. Wade. The Democrats have left that far behind. Where they're in control of state governments, their position is abortion with no limits. And those of you who are mothers, who know what it's like to give birth, the final days before giving birth, right before giving birth, is that a baby? Now you know it. The science says it's a baby. The science says it's a baby. The Democrats support not only killing that baby in a gruesome, gruesome way, which is why you never see the graphics or any documentaries on this subject ever, despite all the deaths that occur. But it's never discussed, except here. This message has gotten across, I believe to a lot of people who are really thinking about this. Not only do the Republicans need to win, the Democrats need to lose. You do realize if the Democrats have 51 members in the Senate and even hold the House by one or two votes, they will kill the filibuster and they will push through what they call the codification of Roe. It's not the codification of Roe. Roe didn't go that far. It's the codification of murdering babies, human beings, that no civil society has ever embraced. None. And I've been making another point. The Democrats say they care about women having control over their own bodies. But they really don't. They don't support women having control over their own bodies. Rapes in this country are at a record high. Particularly in areas where the Democrats rule. Cities, metropolitan areas. Rape is a horrific, violent, often deadly act against a woman. So what are the Democrats doing about it? No cash bail. In the front door, out the back door. Defund or slash the funding for police. Makes it kind of hard to catch rapists, let alone stop rape. Light sentences. They don't support protecting a woman's body. They don't support it at all let alone anybody else's body. This is a party that is driven by ideology. It's driven by the lowest common denominator. It's not a policy that makes America strong, prosperous, free, independent, and vigorous. It's the opposite. Here we have energy independence, something we've been striving for for 80 years. We get there under Donald Trump. They blow it up. 
not only do they blow it up, those who are responsible for making energy independence, the oil companies, small, medium, and large, including independents, who invented fracking, found a way truly to get to natural gas in a way that is clean. They're immediately attacked. There's a whole propaganda campaign funded in part by the Russians to attack our industries, our genius, our progress, and they shut it down. They shut it down. What the Democrats used to say is capitalism and the ingenuity that goes with it is not capable of creating prosperity. Now they say it creates too much prosperity. It pollutes. Yet we have the cleanest air of any major industrialized nation on the face of the earth. But the facts don't get in the way, neither do the science. We've never had so much anarchy on our southern border in the history of this country. Never. We've never had so much anarchy, crime, inhumanity going on on our southern border, ever. Half the people crossing the southern border aren't from Central and South America. They're from continents far away. Continents far away. This is an effect. Listen carefully. Amnesty. This is never voted on by Congress. Quite the contrary. Congress voted laws in place to prevent it. Joe Biden is violating each one. I have good friends. Stuart Varney. Kilmeade. Brian Kilmeade. And they say it'd be a terrible mistake. Terrible, terrible mistake. If the Republicans start to impeach Joe Biden. And I would say to my two friends, you're dead wrong. You are dead wrong. Some things you do because they're right and they have a necessary impact. The only way you can get a president to enforce the law isn't to just keep winning elections. That's important. But it's to punish him as the Constitution provides. The Democrats used impeachment at the drop of a hat. They even used it against ex-president Donald Trump, who'd already left office. It's not a matter of getting even, although an eye for an eye isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's good enough for the, good, for the Lord. It's good enough for me, Mr. Producer. But that's not even what I'm talking about. Is there anything in this country that's going right? That the Biden administration, the Democrats don't have their DNA and fingerprints on? What is it exactly? This is a party that a hundred years ago supported eugenics. This is a party that supported eugenics. Including against black people. This is a party that promoted the sterilization of 60,000 Americans, which was upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court in the 1920s. Sterilization against the will of the people who were sterilized. 
This is a party under Woodrow Wilson that resegregated the federal bureaucracy. After two prior Republican presidents had desegregated and resegregated the military. Did you know that? This is a party under Franklin Roosevelt. The Democrats will tell you, look, he created Social Security, he created Medicare, he created this, he created, not Medicare, he created uh, all these programs, and LBJ created Medicare, and the Republicans opposed it. Let me tell you something. Bismarck in Germany created Social Security, so it really doesn't matter who created it. But he's also the president who refused to support anti-lynching bills. How many black people out there know that? Don't you find it odd? That you weren't told this? This is the president who under existing immigration numbers could have brought hundreds of thousands of Jews into this country from the Third Reich. But he refused to. How many Jews know that? This is a president who sent 120,000 Japanese Americans, 70,000 of whom were citizens, into internment camps, rounded up by the United States military, military order 9066, upheld by the Supreme Court in the Korematsu case, moved them to 10 internment camps, nine of which were in the Midwest, one was in Arkansas, and took their property from them. You aware of this? There was no evidence that any of them were spies. That's the great Franklin Roosevelt. And Franklin Roosevelt was so bad on these issues. Not Eleanor. Eleanor was pretty good, but she wasn't president. Franklin Roosevelt, because he was very concerned about how he would be viewed by the southern racists in his party. He wanted a third term, which had never happened before. Roosevelt's first pick to the U.S. Supreme Court was Justice Black, Hugo Black, Hugo Black, who'd served as the lawyer for the Klan in Alabama, got elected to the Senate, fought the anti-lynching bills. Was one of Roosevelt's closest allies because he supported Roosevelt's socialist economic agenda. He was Roosevelt's first appointment to the U.S. Supreme Court. Had been a member of the Klan. The great heroes of the Democrat Party. Lyndon Johnson voted against every civil rights bill up until 1957 when he decided he might want to run for president. Been in the Senate a long time and in the House. He'd been a Democrat majority leader, and he worked closely with the segregationists. Eisenhower was pushing the 1957 Civil Rights Act. People ask me, what do you do, Mark, on your free time? This is what I do. I read, I study, I learn. 
LBJ said that law is not going to pass unless you water it down. He had to water it down, Eisenhower. He didn't want to. So it passed. And LBJ could point to his great success. And even with the 64-65 Civil Rights Act, 65, the Voting Rights Act, LBJ was a racist his entire life. The N-word. Can you imagine what media and media matters would say? Of course, they'd say nothing because FTR is beloved by them. Every other sentence out of his mouth, he used the N-word. He was a bigot, pure and simple. And yet he pushed these bills, but without the Republicans, he never would have gotten any of them passed. Why? Because the Democrats in the House and the Senate were blocking it, especially in the Senate. And in 1964, one of the Democrats leading the filibuster against the 70-day filibuster against the 1964 Civil Rights Act was also a former Klansman by the name of West Virginia named Robert Byrd. He made a last-ditch, desperate effort for 14 and a half hours on the floor of the Senate. Finally, they gave up 70 days. Byrd would be rewarded. He would become the Senate leader of the Democrat Party. In the 70s, he would become their minority leader and their majority leader, Robert Byrd. I can go on further about the Democrat Party. It's an echo chamber, so I'm hoping the backbenchers pick it up, whether they pick it up today, tomorrow, or 100 years from now. The echo chamber. you got to make decisions this election and think about it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new, completely free online course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Wilson, FDR, they all had a uh, fawning media. When FDR wanted to downplay the Holocaust, he could count on the New York Times and the Washington Post and the rest of the media. And of course, uh, Woodrow Wilson was the first to set up an entire propaganda apparatus. People talk about the Espionage Act. Isn't it interesting they keep talking about the Espionage Act? The modern Espionage Act came into play under Woodrow Wilson. And you know what it was used for, ladies and gentlemen? To shut down any criticism of his entrance into World War I. People were literally arrest- arrested under violations of the Espionage Act and sent to prison. 
particularly socialists, because he said it undermined their efforts, literally arrested and sent to prison. That's the history, the beginning history, the Espionage Act of 1917, and it was quickly amended the next year to make it even tougher. The Democrats have always opposed free speech. FDR did the same thing. He extended licenses for radio stations and later TV stations. But radio stations from two years, he reduced them to six months and put his political campaign operative in charge of the distribution of, and renewal of licenses. So the companies that own these, these broadcast platforms knew that if FDR disagreed with you, he would yank your license. And he sicked the IRS on newspaper publishers that opposed him. Especially the Philadelphia Inquirer, Annenberg's pop, his father, which at the time was a Republican newspaper. Police state tactics, anti-First Amendment. You can see it now with the big oligarchs in, in the tech world. Republicans don't do this. Or if they do it, it's certainly not systemic. It's not systematic. It is with the Democrats. This is what you're up against. You've got to resist this and fight them. And show up and vote. All right, we've got lots more, America. Stick with me. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Folks, there are three life, liberty, and Levins remaining before the election. And in fact, the last one before the election is really the last substantive program before the election on the election. Sunday night. I'll be modifying just for these three Sundays. The next one, the one after that, and the last one before the election. I'll be modifying the format somewhat. It'll still be long form, one guest at a time, but we're going to have additional guests because I want to have the candidates on on a program that people watch in enormous numbers and where they actually have a chance to speak without interruption so I told you I'm mission oriented I haven't even told the big wigs this yet but that's what I'm doing let me read something to you that you will not read on Mediate Drudge Media Matters and the uh, the corrupt ideologues of that sort or see on the morning schmo CNN or any of the rest of it And yet it's very, very important. From the Free Beacon, Andrew Kerr and Alana Goodman. A low-income apartment building owned by Raphael Warnock's church is plagued by pests, 
maintenance problems, and filth. According to residents, and at least two people have sued the after the elevator allegedly collapsed on them. Now remember this. This is the guy that threw out tenants because they were 30 bucks behind on their rent. And in order to try and cover his tracks and the tracks of this historic church that he's gotten involved in this apartment complex, they sent up a corporation. It's called the, and the building is the Columbia Tower at MLK Village. And obviously most of the people who live there are minorities, and most of the minorities are black. Residents of the Columbia Tower at MLK Village complain about living conditions in the building, telling the Washington Free Beacon that garbage is left to pile up in the storage rooms for days, creating an overwhelmingly trash smell. Common areas aren't maintained, and the air vents produce a sickening amount of dust. He's a slumlord, Mr. Producer. So many words, isn't he? Tenants also said the elevators often break down, and the handicapped residents have had to call the fire department to carry them to their rooms. The allegations follow a free beacon report. Notice it's not the New York Times or the Washington Post or any of these others. It's a small organization, the free beacon, a conservative site. The allegations follow a free beacon report that found Columbia Tower had attempted to evict at least eight low-income residents over unpaid rent since the start of the pandemic, including one tenant who owed just 28 bucks. Warnock serves as senior pastor of the Ebenezer Baptist Church, a very, very important church, which through a charity it controls called the Ebenezer Building Foundation, which in turn owns 99% of Columbia Tower, according to records obtained by the Free Beacon. This has been nowhere on MSNBC or CNN. It's not clear what Warnock's role was in overseeing the repair grant Ebenezer Building Foundation filed in June, however, said Warnock, quote, works closely, unquote, with Ebenezer's executive pastor in managing the overall vision, ministries, and operations of the church. The news raises questions for Warnock, whose campaign is an ally of low-income Georgians, and people with disabilities. It could also draw a new scrutiny to Warnock's compensation from the church. Listen to this, just to underscore the point, which paid him a $7,417 per month tax-free housing allowance last year, an arrangement that allowed him to circumvent federal limits on outside income for U.S. senators. So he's enriching himself. Court filings reviewed by the Free Beacon appear to back up claims from Columbia Tower residents that there are problems with the living conditions at the building. Two men filed separate lawsuits against the building in February and May of this year, claiming they were injured after the elevator ceiling collapsed on them in May 2020. One of the alleged victims said he was in the elevator at Columbia at MLK Village Towers as the elevator ceiling abruptly fell down, knocking him unconscious and resulting in injuries that cost him over $50,000 in medical bills. The collapsed elevator ceiling struck the plaintiff about the head, neck, and back area, said the lawsuit. The impact of the collapsed elevator ceiling caused the plaintiff to immediately lose consciousness. The judge granted the man default judgment in the case after lawyers for Columbia Tower neglected to respond by the required deadline. It means they were guilty and they didn't want to have to put up a defense. 
The building's attorneys are currently attempting to get the judgment overturned. The second case is still ongoing. An attorney for the alleged victim said he was unable to comment because the case is still being litigated. Residents told a free beacon reporter who visited the building. I wonder if Joe Scarborough has visited the building. I wonder if Joy Reid has visited the building. I wonder if Al Sharpton's visited the building. All the reprobates at MSNBC. Tiffany Cross. Of course not. It would break their, uh, their narrative. Only two elevators in the building frequently break down. The only two elevators in the building, I should say. One resident said she has witnessed firemen physically carry wheelchair-bound tenants up to their rooms during instances when both of the elevators were broken at the same time. The firemen will come and help them up and down the stairs, one resident said, for hours. They're stuck waiting on the bottom floor, stuck on their floor for hours and hours. Another resident described an incident in which police officer and firefighter had to tote a wheelchair-bound African-American man up the stairs because the elevators were broken. The Atlanta Fire Rescue Department has not returned numerous requests for comment asking if firefighters have been called to Columbia Tower to carry people up to their rooms. Residents said they had no idea their building was owned by Ebenezer Baptist Church. That's the goal, to keep it secret. But that it had just received a $5 million grant from Georgia in August to fund building repairs. The grant was bankrolled by funds provided to the state from the American Rescue Plan, legislation Warnock voted in support of in March 2021. It's not being seen here. They'll cut the grass and the bushes and fix the elevators sometimes, said a resident. But the vents haven't been blown out for years. The dust, it's sickening, actually, he said. They changed the furniture. The furniture is new or different from when I moved in here. But that's the most I've seen. I haven't seen any upgrades or anything like that, said the resident. Ebenezer ended 2021 with over $1.2 million in cash and cash equivalents, according to audited financial statements obtained by the Beacon. Throughout 2021, the church received a general undesignated offering of $4.3 million and rental income of 202000 the financial statement showed, in 2021. Ebenezer paid Warnock $121,000 in salary and housing benefits while he served in the Senate. Now, Senator earns, I think, $175,000, give or take, so he's earning over $300,000. That same year, Ebenezer incurred, excuse me, just over $69,000 in repairs and maintenance expenses across all its program areas, including pastoral services, local ministries, support services, the financial statement show. Warnock's office did not return a request for comment. So this is just another example of the Hunter Biden laptop in a thousand different examples. This is, a, this is the latest. The Atlanta, the Atlanta Constitution Journal. The New York Times, the Washington Post. Done Nothing. Nothing. And this guy Warnock is a bad dude. The things he has said about America. He's no civil rights leader, that's for sure. The things he has said about people. 
who are Caucasian. Look at the way he enriches himself. Uses the church. Look at the way he treated his wife. It's amazing how people don't come forward. You know, like Herschel Walker's son comes forward with this video, and of course it goes everywhere because the media want it to go everywhere. Has anybody asked any of Warnock's family about Warnock and his behavior? His ex-wife said he had a horrible temper. Well, if you have a horrible temper, then it usually manifests itself in a variety of ways. But we're not going to get to the bottom of that. But let's see. Well, the morning schmo and the other schmoes over at the MSLSD uh, operation over there, are they going to cover this story? How about the newly minted, not constipated news network? Are they going to cover this story? Of course not. He's a Democrat. They want him to win. And by the way, in that debate Herschel Walker had with him, I went through a number of clips, including clips on the left and other clips from conservative sites. It's clear Walker cleaned his clock. And yet the Democrat sites like Mediate, they're all mocking Walker because just like Democrats, if you're a conservative and you're a minority, these people are bigoted. That's the way it is. They are bigoted. It's the nature of the media. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. With the upcoming midterms, keep something in mind. You don't just vote at the ballot box. You vote with your every dollar you spend and the companies you spend them with. Verizon Wireless customers, you're supporting a company that dropped One American News. AT&T customers, your company owns far-left CNN. And T-Mobile, your CEO reportedly advised Democrats on how to beat Trump. Don't give your money to woke wireless companies. Instead, choose Pure Talk, a company that believes in family values. And they also believe in giving you great service at a low cost, like unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. Average family saves almost $1,000 a year. I'm a Pure Talk customer, folks. Here's what I like. Same network. Network, same coverage, same phone, lower bill, and 30 days risk-free. Switching can take just 10 minutes. It's a no-brainer. Show corporate America you're done funding their leftist policies. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and make the switch to my company, Pure Talk. Lee Zeldin will be on the program in hour three. Oh, yes. You know, when you look at the candidates running on the Democrat side, what a bunch of reprobates. Truly. What a bunch of reprobates. And uh, Carrie Lake, her folks did reach out to us uh, today. And we're trying to work out a time for her to come on the program as well, the Republican gubernatorial candidate in Arizona. And uh, we're in hyper mode here to take care of business three weeks before the election. And then on election night, you'll want to tune in. If a local affiliate dares to and foolishly preempts any time that we have on the air, and we've been doing this for 20 years, you know how to get around that. 
we have a fantastic podcast, same as the radio, but you can always go to Satellite, the Patriot Channel, you can go online, any of your major affiliates, you can go to Mark Levin app, you can go to iHeart Radio app, iHeart has an app. Um, what am I missing, Mr. Producer? You can go to marklevinshow.com for the live stream. That pretty much covers it. We've had a great time in very important elections, and when I see some of the early numbers, I have a sense for what's going on around the country. So we will cover your state. We will keep an eye on the congressional races. There's no need for programmers to panic or run away, and we've really only had one case where that's taken place, haven't we, Mr. Producer? And we'll have a very important night. We'll see what's going on, not only in your area, to the extent we have the information. And we keep track of everything. Uh, We're specially set up for this. And uh, we can also give you some actual uh, substance surrounding the information. So you'll you'll want to be glued to your glued to whatever platform you use to listen to this program uh, because it'll be very very important Joe Biden's going to give a speech tomorrow about fuel he's basically going to do two things number one he's going to blame the oil companies and the world fuel issue and so and number two he's going to announce that they are going to release one million barrels from the strategic petroleum reserve every day for the next 180 days. And also he's going to release immediately 10 to 15 million barrels. This will have a minimal, even short-term effect. But it's going to be disastrous in two other respects. Again, number one, he's draining, he's draining the oil out of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve that is there for an emergency. He's just taken what Donald Trump and other presidents have put into this reserve, and he's just using it because his policies here have completely failed. And so he's got to find oil somewhere, and no foreign country wants to help him because they know what he's doing. He really is a lunatic. He's a lunatic. Hello! He's a lunatic! So he has his foot, his boot, on the throat of our oil industry of a refining industry, of our gas stations, and now he's going to piss away the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, and he's going to do it before the election, because if, you're, if the gallon of gasoline goes down three cents, he's then going to do a, uh, a Hava Nagila around the Oval Office. This guy is worse than bad. He's sleazy. Sleazy. Can you imagine if the Democrats how much even worse it's going to get? We're going to lose R&D when it comes to energy. That is research and development, capital investment. Nobody's going to want to do it. Prices are going to go even worse. Stock markets can collapse even more. And fast. And we're lucky we have an election coming up in three weeks. We're lucky that it's not two years from now. It's in three weeks. And some of you can vote right now. And some of you can vote next week. You know what? 
I'll walk over broken glass to be the first one in there voting on October 26th in Florida. I'll be the first one. You should, too, if you can. It's, it's gravely important. So he wants to do that. Then he wants to scare you that if the Republicans are elected, it's going to get worse. You know why he's saying that, ladies and gentlemen? Because it's going to get worse no matter who's elected. The Republicans are needed to be there to put the foot on the, br- on the brake. That is, we have experts all over the place telling us we're going to have a recession. 100%. That's what... Stagflation. I'm not even considered an expert. I know we're having stagflation, and I know we're headed for a depression if this continues. There's no question about it. So at least do something. And that something is to proudly go vote and then make sure family members vote who are going to vote the right way. Check out your neighbors. We need more volunteers in these various elections than ever before. Phone banks. Yes, stuffing envelopes. I used to do that as a kid. It's actually a lot of fun. With the upcoming midterms, keep something in mind. You don't just vote at the ballot box. You vote with your every dollar you spend and the companies you spend them with. Verizon Wireless customers, you're supporting a company that dropped One American News. AT&T customers, your company owns far-left CNN. And T-Mobile, your CEO reportedly advised Democrats on how to beat Trump. Don't give your money to woke wireless companies. Instead, choose Pure Talk, a company that believes in family values. And they also believe in giving you great service at a low cost, like unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. Average family saves almost $1,000 a year. I'm a Pure Talk customer, folks. Here's what I like. Same network. Network, same coverage, same phone, lower bill, and 30 days risk-free. Switching can take just 10 minutes. It's a no-brainer. Show corporate America you're done funding their leftist policies. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N podcast, and make the switch to my company, Pure Talk. America's most powerful conservative voice, The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Well, America, we're on our backup system. Now, we only have one backup system. And we got that fixed earlier in the week, right, Mr. Producer? Right on time, or Richie V would be here doing the show, but... It's very strange. The main system. We just had engineers out here. The main system's perfectly fine. It's on a dedicated line. They don't even do that anymore. And it just, puff, goes out. So we're on the backup system, which we just set up, which has an antenna, which works off of what, Mr. Producer, the Wi-Fi system? Yes, no. Oh, we're on cell phone data towers. 
Do you even know what that means? I don't. I know what a cell phone tower is, but, but we're working off a tower? Modern technology, ladies and gentlemen. This is the second biggest show in America. God knows how much time and resources we've spent on this, right, Mr. Producer? I don't know. I can't really explain it, but you don't care. I'm here, so it doesn't really matter. All right. If you own a business, it's been a bumpy ride from pandemic to inflation. I'm sure you could use a break. Innovation refunds can help you. This is very, very important. If your business has five or more employees and you manage to survive COVID, you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. It's not a loan. It's not a payback. It's not welfare. It's a refund of the taxes that you paid, your taxes. Now, the challenge is getting your hands on it. How do you cut through the red tape and get your business the refund money? Go to GetRefunds.com, GetRefunds.com. The team of tax attorneys they have put together are highly trained in this little-known payroll tax refund program and have already returned $1 billion to businesses, and they can help you too. They do all the work with no charge up front and simply share a percentage of the cash that they get for you. Businesses of all types can qualify, including those who took PPP, nonprofits, even those that had increases in sales. Remember, this is a refund of your payroll taxes. To find out if your business qualifies, just go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and answer a few questions. This payroll tax refund is only available for a limited amount of time. Don't miss out. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. Check it out. Now, here's the other thing you need to keep in mind. Think about this. It's very serious. The Democrats are not done. What we've been talking about all these months and what they've done to us in the past 21 months, give or take, has been disastrous for the country. But they want to do more. They want to do more. That's the point. This latest disaster that they passed and all the money involved, remember, it was pared down. It was pared down. They want to make it impossible for your vote to count. Well, they run around and talk about voter repression, voter suppression, every vote should count. They don't mean it. They don't mean what they say. They have to lie to you, the public, as they try and take control of you, the public. <coughs> Excuse me, cholera. So I'm trying to make the point. They want to do worse. They want to do more. Remember, their objective is to destroy the Supreme Court, to continue to threaten the the constitutionalists on the court. Remember, their objective is to pack the Supreme Court. They hope to do all this by destroying the filibuster rule, which they used to use all the time, even in, in recent times. And they want to get rid of the filibuster so they can ram through everything possible. And then you'll say, but then the Republicans, when they have the Senate, there won't be a filibuster. It's a thousand times more difficult to undo what they did than for us to do what we want to do. We have a lot of reprobates in the Republican Party, starting with Mitch McConnell. Mitt Romney. I'm going to tell you something, Mitt Romney. If Mike Lee loses his Senate seat in Utah, it's on you. And I will break my ass every way I know how. 
if you want to run for re-election or whatever, to go into the state of Utah and expose you for the fraud and the phony that you are. What a disgrace you are. You jerk. You had all of us fooled. Ran. Got the presidential nominee from the Republican Party. Look at you. You're a schmo. All right, that aside. Let's keep in mind what the Democrats want to do, ladies and gentlemen. They've only had 21 months. If we don't blow them out this election, if it's too close, we have a few reprobates in our own party. But if even if they hold the Senate and we take the House, the Senate filibuster rule doesn't need the support of the House. If they get 51 or 52 senators, they're going to think of some sleazy Stalinist way. They're going to think of some sleazy Stalinist way to turn the Senate into pure majority rule, even though it's a temporary majority faction, to create, to create permanent changes to our society. That's how they view it. We have two years, four years, eight years, ten years of power. We're going to make permanent changes. That's why they passed this last bill. That's why Manchin was a backstabbing reprobate. Because he gave them what they wanted when it came to phony climate change, which, of course, is the degrowth movement. Now, I've been saying it's the degrowth movement. I've written in two books, maybe three, that it's the degrowth movement. And now you can see what I mean. Negative. Negative growth. That is negative. The economy shrinking. The degrowth movement. The price of things going up. The value going down. The degrowth movement. Soon jobs are going to be lost. Because if businesses lose money or they can't invest, jobs are lost. Jobs are lost. Now I want to ask you another question. Those of you who work with your hands, I'm not talking about masseuses and so forth. Those of you who work with your hands, Of course you use your brains, but you go even one step further. You use your hands. You have skills that people like me do not have. Those of you who work with your hands, whether you're in construction, any aspect of construction, whether you're a bricklayer, you're a roofer, you pour the foundations, you set the wood, Whatever you do, you're a plumber, you're an electrician. I can't go down the list. You know what I mean. What have the Democrats done for you? They claim to represent you. What have they done for you? Nothing. New home constructions are pretty much in a depression now. It's certainly headed that way. What have they done for you? Nothing. I don't care if you're union or non-union. What have they done for you? Nothing. Those of you who work on assembly lines. Those of you who work on assembly lines. What have the Democrat Party done for you in the last two years? Nothing. You've got to be wondering if you're going to be doing what you're doing, if you're going to have that job in the next 12 to 24 months. It's a good question to ask. Because car sales are about to plummet. So they've done nothing positive for you. 
Nothing. Those of you who are parents now, as the left likes to say, there may be intersectionality, in other words, overlap between professions and so forth. But I'm asking, those of you who are parents, what's the Democrat Party done to your classrooms for your children? Have they improved education? Of course not. Nothing. They've done nothing. How many of you have had people, maybe it's you, but people in your family who've been subjected to criminal acts of one sort or another? I'll bet a lot of you. What's the Democrat Party done to prevent that? Nothing. They've made it worse. Those of you who live in communities that are directly affected by the open southern border... What's the Democrat Party done for you? They've destroyed your lives. That's what they've done. They've destroyed your property. All of America. This last bill the Democrats passed. With only Democrats voting for it and Kamala Harris being the tie vote in the Senate. Adding 87,000 IRS agents at a cost of $80 billion dollars combined with another 80,000, about 170,000 now IRS agents. What do you think they're going to do? Do you remember the early proposal by Biden? Any transaction of $600 would be reported to the government. If you're a person who receives tips... And I don't mean on a regular basis where you report them to the government. Somebody says, you know, you did a hell of a job. I want to thank you. And maybe it's on the roof. Maybe it's a mechanic on their car. Who knows? And you get a significant bonus payment, a tip. And you put it in your savings account, 600 bucks. That would have to be reported to the government. Now, do you know why it's reported to the government? Do you know why the Democrats want that? They want to target you and this money because they've been told they can get billions and billions and billions in revenue. And they want that $600 reported. If you fail to pay it, you will be violating tax laws. That's what's coming. So the Democrats aren't done. They're not done. There's more to come. They're never done. The Marxists and the economic socialists, they're never done. That's the point. They keep pushing the edge of the envelope till there is no edge of the envelope. And one day, off the cliff, the country goes. If they want to go off the cliff, by all means, go. But don't drag the rest of us. Don't drag the rest. Look what they're doing to the United States military. Ladies and gentlemen, young people are not signing up. They do not want to be part of this wokeism in the military. They do not want to work for this commander-in-chief. They do not want to work for this secretary of defense and this head of the Joint Chiefs. We are in serious, serious trouble. You know what happens if we can't ultimately fill the ranks of our military through volunteer recruits? It's called a draft. 
And I'm starting to wonder if that's not what the Biden administration and the Democrats want. So they can force as many young people as they want into the military, not to serve the country in ways that you and I think, traditional ways, but to brainwash them on CRT, on transitioning. What a better way. You get my point. And now they're asking for volunteers in the military to help on the border, not to secure it. They clean the toilets, they clean the refrigerators, to provide sort of transportation to doctors, to pick up drugs, to clean up trash. What do you think of that, folks? That's what they think of the United States military. That's what the Democrats are doing. Nobody's going to sign up for this. For a military like this. The few, the proud, the Marines. Have those commercials gone away? I haven't seen them. Have you, Mr. Producer? Now they're running commercials, you know. You want a sex change? Join the Marines. We'll pay for you. Or something like that. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. With the upcoming midterms, keep something in mind. You don't just vote at the ballot box. You vote with your every dollar you spend and the companies you spend them with. Verizon Wireless customers, you're supporting a company that dropped One American News. AT&T customers, your company owns far-left CNN. And T-Mobile, your CEO reportedly advised Democrats on how to beat Trump. Don't give your money to woke wireless companies. Instead, choose Pure Talk, a company that believes in family values. And they also believe in giving you great service at a low cost, like unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. Average family saves almost $1,000 a year. I'm a Pure Talk customer, folks. Here's what I like. Same network, same coverage, same phone, lower bill, and 30 days risk-free. Switching can take just 10 minutes. It's a no-brainer. Show corporate America you're done funding their leftist policies. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and make the switch to my company, Pure Talk. We have a lot going on in the third hour of the program, including... Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin is in the hunt. He's within an inch or two of the finish line. Is a chance of winning the gubernatorial race as a Republican in the state of New York. Let me say this. Let me steal a phrase from Ronald Reagan. You notice how I give credit where credit is due? It's time for a shining city on the hill in many of these deep, dark blue states. It's time for New York to be reinvigorated in other parts of this country. It's time for the sun to shine over these states, for liberty to reign in these states, for common sense to reign in these states. These Democrat, dark blue, one-party states and states that are moving into this direction, they are declining. I'll be right back. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're hanging by a thread here. We're on the backup system. Is it still working, Mr. Producer? All right, good for now. But we actually have our Second backup system, his name is Richie V, now has his own program. 10 p.m. Eastern Time, he's great. Uh, Peter Ducey, who is really a true journalist, we call him the Deuce here. So there he is, he's in the White House press room with Karen Zipier uh, at the briefing today, and he asks a very pertinent question, I think. Cut five, go. We've heard the president say inflation is his top domestic priority, but now he's saying come next year, his first bill would be abortion-related. So is his number one domestic priority abortion, or is it inflation? Well, let's not forget what the president has done the last 19 months. He has made the economy his top priority. He has passed the American oh, Rescue Oh, he's done a hell of a job. Maybe he shouldn't. Maybe he shouldn't. Because this is a guy who destroys the economy. Go ahead. As you heard me say all the time, no Republicans voted for that in Congress. And it was a plan that now let's make us- Let's emphasize that. Not a single Republican voted for inflation in the Congress. Not one. Well, that's not true. There was a bipartisan infrastructure bill for a trillion dollars. 17 repubes did vote for it, including Mitch McConnell. So Mitch McConnell has contributed to inflation. It's too bad he's up for re-election. He's not for the Senate. Because I've decided since he wants to reach into Alaska, maybe I'll travel to Kentucky to campaign against him, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. On our feet with the economy. Mm-hmm. Anybody buying that? Anybody buying that? Mm-hmm. More Peter Ducey. Cut six. Go. So he said he's been working on the economy every day for 19 months. Now Bloomberg economists are forecasting a 100% chance of a recession. So how is it that we can be barreling towards a recession uh, and the economy is, as the president says, strong as hell? So here's the thing about the economy, and I've said this many times. You've heard this from Secretary Yellen. She's an economic expert, too, of course. 
Yes, what did you say many times? Go ahead. ...who runs our economic council, is that what we are seeing right now is the job market is strong. Mm-hmm. The labor force is strong. And that is no, it's not... not... People have dropped out of the labor force. That's part of the problem, too. It's at one of the lowest levels in modern times. So we're talking about unemployment among those who are in the labor force, still looking for jobs, but there's a lot of people who've dropped out. And by the way, while I'm on this, we've heard enough of her. There's nothing to hear, really. Where are all the news operations at the homeless shelters? Remember those? Those of us who are old enough? Remember those during the Reagan administration? Reaganomics, look what Reaganomics is doing. And so the question is, why aren't they showing all the homeless shelters? I mean, Los Angeles itself has become a homeless shelter. Why don't they show us more of that nationally? I'm sure you're seeing it over there at, at, uh, in, in, uh, in, in Los Angeles. But the rest of the nation only sees little bits of it. Why don't we see all of it? And San Francisco, I'm sure you're seeing it there in San Francisco. But the rest of the nation isn't. Let's see the homeless shelter that are these Democrat cities. Let's see them. Notice the media do not show them. How about the food banks? Why aren't there any interviews of the volunteers at the food banks telling us that they're overwhelmed? You know that's what they would tell us, that they're overwhelmed. But notice again, the media are not there. They were there during the Reagan administration when he pulled us out of the Jimmy Carter stagflation. But they're not there. How about the massive expansion of food stamps as a result of this economy? Any reports on that? None that I've seen. How about you folks? How about interviewing drivers at gas stations day in and day out? Anybody see those? No, I haven't seen that. Maybe some local news, but certainly not national news. No, no, haven't seen that. How about all the people? You remember the reports that if people didn't keep getting uh, COVID, quote-unquote, related payments on their rents, or if they didn't get delayed on rent payments, they would be evicted? Remember all those reports? Okay, so what happened to those people? They don't tell us. Why is that? Now, here's the deal. You're experiencing the reality of the Democrat Party and Biden economy. It's loathsome. It's impoverishing. It's debilitating. It's dispiriting. It's all those things. You're not seeing that on TV. You're not seeing that on TV. Because you live in reality. They're trying to create a reality through the narrative. That's what they've done for years now, whether it's Trump, bad, Biden, good, Trump divider, Biden, uniter, Trump racist, uh, Biden civil rights leader, and yet it's, it's Biden who has the segregationist background, not Trump. I talk often about the ruling class, the ruling class in Washington, D.C. The ruling class is not just the politicians. It's the bureaucracy. It's the media. In all their appendages. The ruling class is constantly desperate to hold on to power. I've talked about it on this show till I'm blue in the face. I've written about it. I've talked about it on Levin TV. And of course, I talked about it repeatedly on my Fox show. 
We have an incompetent, power-hungry ruling class. But they don't want to lose power. And it includes some Republicans, like Mitch McConnell, of course. They don't want to lose power. It's all they care about. So they see these, these outsider Republican candidates for the Senate. They see them in the House. And they want to squash them. Why do you think Mitch McConnell is spending almost $9 million now? I went back and looked in the state of Alaska to elect his favorite leftist, who's a Republican, Lisa Murkowski. Her daddy first appointed her to the Senate. Hmm? Why do you think that? Why do you think he's pulled money out of Blake Masters' campaign in Arizona to give it to Murkowski effectively as PAC? Two Republicans running against each other because he wants a yes man, excuse me, a yes birthing person or formerly birthing person. That's why he uses donor money because Mitch McConnell is one of the oldest serving, longest serving ruling class reprobates in Washington. This is why they hate me, by the way. Hate me. Hate me. It's okay. I call people out by names often, by their names, so people know who I'm talking about. Sometimes I don't, but most of the time I do. They want to hold on to their power. You know, you talk about bipartisanship. What have they gotten done for America? The answer to that should be a rephrasing of the question. What are they doing to get out of my way and protect my liberty. Not what are they doing for me? What other law can they pass? See how they're bipartisan? See, they can actually get things done. Pass another law, pass another program, spend more money. No, 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 no. That's bipartisanship, but it's bipartisanship for big government. How about bipartisanship for the Constitution? That would be pretty cool. It's not going to happen. The Democrat Party rejects the Constitution. Listen to them. We have Joe Biden saying today that the Ninth Amendment. Well, Mr. Producer, let's start it. Cut to go. I've warned about how this decision risks the broader right to privacy for everyone. There's a thing called the Ninth Amendment that says there's a right to privacy. That's how it's interpreted. The Ninth Amendment doesn't say there's a privacy right. The Ninth Amendment is, in my view, a concise reflection of the Declaration of Independence where we all have unalienable rights, God-given. Not about a privacy right. Joe Biden was worried about privacy rights. He violates them left and right. He violates free speech rights. He violates due process rights. His FBI... He violates the Constitution. He's supposed to faithfully execute our immigration laws. The Ninth Amendment. If you read the Roe versus Wade decision, they couldn't even decide where this so-called right to privacy exists. But let me ask you a question, because this in and of itself is actually a very stupid argument. The way de Tocqueville put it is there is a circle of liberty around each of us that is not to be abused, penetrated, molested by government. You'll never hear Biden say that because he's a quote-unquote progressive. They don't believe in individual liberty. 
But that's what it's about, individual liberty. So he can't say that. So he says what he says. There's a privacy right. But does the privacy right only apply to abortion? And contraceptives and marriage? Does the privacy right apply to vaccines? Where the federal government has no authority whatsoever and never has? How about monitoring you? Isn't that a privacy right that's violated? I would even go further. How about the federal income tax? How about 87,000 new IRS agents? How about these SWAT teams that are all over the damn place? How about it? They don't believe in privacy. They believe in government. The Ninth Amendment has to do with your individual liberty. The Bill of Rights have to do with protecting your individual liberty. And one other thing, quickly. Privacy rights. Abortion on demand. You know, there's another human being involved. Another human being. Does the Constitution apply to them? If you kill a baby one hour before birth, science tells you it's a baby. Roe v. Wade tells you it's a baby. What about the baby's privacy rights, Joe? Oh, he's such a... I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, you can tell Lee Zeldin, the Republican nominee for governor of New York, wants to win that seat and wants to win it badly. He's working hard as hell because whenever we invite Lee on, he comes on. It's not hard to do radio. You can do it from your car. You can do it from your bathroom. You can do it from a rally. You can step out. It's easy. And our reach in New York is everywhere. And I want to thank Lee Zeldin because we want to help as much as we possibly can, Lee. My question is this. We see the polls. They're very tight. You're, you're, you're right on the finish line. You're getting very close. How's the Republican ground game? How's your ground game, particularly in areas where you need a good turnout to come from? Polls are all well and good, but you need the votes. We've put it together. I mean, there are some parts of this state where there already was a strong infrastructure, and then there are other places where we had to put it together. But it's night and day as far as enthusiasm between people who are supporting us and people who are supporting Kathy Hochul. I mean, we're campaigning our tails off all day, every day. There's an energy on our side, momentum. The issues are certainly on our side. We are campaigning to win the race. Kathy Hochul is just kind of crawling along, trying to get across the finish line and survive the campaign. And as a result, there's no energy on her side. There's no enthusiasm. The enthusiasm gaps right now in New York are massive, and it's a consequence of us just – busting our butts with a, with that ground game and trying to be everywhere all day um, where you can't possibly outwork us. And the other thing, Lee Zeldin, is people have experienced her, her way of governing. They've experienced the one-party rule in New York, and it is destroying their livelihoods and destroying their lives to the point where if many people can get out, they're leaving. The state is being depopulated. More than any other state in the entire country, New York leads the entire nation in population loss. And the reason why they're leaving is because the people in charge attack wallets, attack safety, they attack freedom. Even the quality of education gets cited as a reason why people are deciding to go elsewhere. And they look at other states, Texas, Florida, Carolinas, Tennessee, 
and they believe that if they go there, their money will go further, they'll feel safer and live life freer. And that's why people of all walks of life are deciding that's it. Their New York dream is no longer their American dream, and they're gone. As far as Kathy Hochul goes, she ended up ascending to the office of governor. She wasn't elected governor. Meanwhile, she's walking around not as someone who is humbly trying to earn that first election as governor. She's acting like, you know, she's some emperor governor running for a you know seventeenth term. Uh, and when, when I first ran for re-election to the House. I was polling 15, 20, 25 plus points up. I could have done a rose garden strategy and ignored my opponent. I agreed in that race to do over 20 joint appearances with my opponent. Why? Out of respect for the voters and the process. I'm not calling on Kathy Hochul to leave New York. I'm not declaring she's no longer a New Yorker, but that's exactly what she said about me. Just because I'm challenging her, she says that I'm no longer a New Yorker, even though I'm a lifelong New Yorker. I only spent four years out of the state when I was on active duty in the Army. And she demands that I get on a bus and move to Florida. The contempt Mm -hmm. that she has is something that I think is really catching up to her. She's corrupt. She panders to the pro-criminal elements of her base. She attacks freedoms at will. And she's part of that that, group that seems to think that you can't possibly spend too much. You can't raise people's taxes too much. And that's why people are done with her. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, are you guys debating at all? Well, th- that's the thing. I, I've challenged her to multiple debates across the state. She's a coward. She's trying to get away with doing as few as one, uh, as, you know, at most one, I should say, for one hour on cable over a month after the start of absentee voting. Uh, I'm still calling for multiple debates across the state. So this is unsettled. I... You know, as recently as today, was once again with a bunch of the media cameras rolling, saying it's not too late. I'm more than willing to do it. We should be doing multiple dates, debates across the state. Maybe she'll feel a little bit different now that you know Quinnipiac just came out with their new poll saying you know today that we were down four. Trafalgar says we're down two. Doug Schoen, who's a Democratic pollster, said last week we were down six. And this past Saturday, Real Clear Politics moved this race to toss up. We have all the momentum. She's making a big mistake with this uh, refusal to give people exactly what they want, multiple debates across the state. Now, we talk about these polls, but as we we know, it takes voters. That's what we just talked about. What do you want to tell the people in New York and around the country about this election? That is, if you rely on polls and you sit back, you're going to lose. Well, there's a, a wise man who is giving a speech last year, and I was paying close attention. He, uh, he, this guy, Mark Levin, was talking about how we can't just think that we're jumping on a board to ride in a wave, that we have to work for it. And I tell people the same thing all the time. It made an impression on me. I tell people that if you come across somebody else who's on a board trying to ride in a wave, knock them off the board. Tell them to get behind it with the rest of us to keep paddling until 9 p.m. on election night. The way there will be a wave is for working all in to create the wave. Lee, don't hang up. We want to keep Lee Zeldin, hopefully the next governor of New York. New Yorkers, this is up to you. You can live in freedom, prosperity, where the sun is shining, or continue to be in darkness and hope for the best, and hope isn't going to work. We'll be right back with Lee Zeldin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. 
So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Lee Zeldin is running for governor of New York. He has a very good shot at this if you turn out and vote for him in New York and do what we need to do in our states and our localities and nationally here. We have a real opportunity. Uh, The Democrats have demonstrated how they cannot run a country, they cannot run states like New York, and they cannot run cities. And they have all this control. It's time to wrest it from them. And that's what voting is for. Lee Zeldin is running for governor of New York. Zeldin for New York.com. Z-E-L-D-I-N for New York.com. Lee Zeldin, now you have served your country in other capacities, too. You served in the armed forces, didn't you? Yeah, I actually still serve in the Army Reserve. I did ROTC and then uh, commissioned as a military intelligence officer and Switched over to the JAG Corps. I was four years on active duty, paratrooper with the 82nd Airborne Division. Spent some time in Iraq. And All right, wait a minute, wait a minute. You jumped out of a damn airplane? I did. I, you out of your I mind? Did. I was, it, it made a whole lot more sense when I was single without kids. Yeah. Uh, once I was married with Michaela and Ariana, uh, it, it started to not make as much sense. So I interrupted you after you said you were in the 82nd Airborne, and I know what they do. Where did you go? I spent some time in Iraq in, in 06, and in 2007 switched over to the reserves. Still serve in the Army Reserve as a lieutenant colonel today in my 20th year. I love it. Well, that's fantastic. And you know we're having a hell of a time with recruitment now because of the way the military are treating recruits uh, with the wokeness and so forth. And now they want people to help on the border, picking up trash and cleaning refrigerators and toilets. What the hell's going on here, uh, Lee? There's a recruitment and retention issue for sure. I mean, we've seen it uh, across the board with first responders, firefighters, nurses, law enforcement. Here in New York, people are being removed from service because of a personal decision of whether or not to get the COVID vaccine. My position's been if you want to get it, get it. If you don't want to get it, don't do it. Uh, But people are being removed from uh, service in the military right now because of it. Uh, you know, and it's interesting. There's a story on foxnews.com about a book that the DOD apparently is pushing out that's being criticized for CRT. 
and it's a book that right now inside my daughter's classroom, I have a, my, my kids are 16, they're in 11th grade. It's a CRT book that they're being forced to read. And it's not just Good CRT. It, it also you know, criticizes 9-11 first responders as menaces. It's bad news. Yeah, well, trust me, nobody's being forced to read American Marxism, my book. Uh, I don't know. It's probably being burned. It's going to be used this winter by leftists who can't afford the electricity. But anyway, let me ask you a few more questions here. You have the power to remove uh, prosecutors, don't you, including Soros-backed prosecutors, if you're governor? We do, we do not have recall elections in New York, but we do give the constitutional authority, and I would say constitutional duty, to the governor of the state of New York to remove a DA who refuses to enforce the law. I've pledged that my first action, the first day that I'm in office, January 1st, is telling the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg that he's being removed. Mm-hmm. Now, Letitia James, uh, obviously, she's the attorney general. She ran for attorney general saying she wanted to get Trump. The candidate running for attorney general, he's close on her high heels as well. I'm going to ask you this, even though it's not really in your lane. What do you make of her? I think that pledge to get elected to this very powerful position in New York to take down Trump is not what voters really want. Uh, When you actually get into this four-year powerful position, there's so much else to do with the office of, of attorney general that hasn't been done that Michael Henry, the guy who's running against Letitia James, I am sure of will be focused on instead of politicizing the office, it is an incredible power that's giving to this office of attorney general not to use it to try to settle political scores and just make it a red on blue, you know, tribal conflict. There's actually a job to do. And Michael Henry, I think, is going to be able to come back to voters four years from now and say, hey, look at everything that I did on your behalf. And it's not going to be you know, everything that's just filled up with uh, a brush of partisan politics and power moves, which is basically the resume right now of the incumbent. You know, if you can win this governorship, you can make a huge difference in the state and in the country because governors of New York have a lot of clout, not the one that's there now. She got it by uh, by by the prior governor resigning and was never elected to that position. But it's very, very important. What are what are like the top three or four things you would you would want to do when you're elected governor? Well, you know, right off the bat. We have to make our streets safe again. I mentioned the piece about the district attorney. We need to end Castle's bail in New York. And there's other pro-criminal laws as well that have been passed that need to be rolled back. And we need to support our men and women in law enforcement. On the economic side, we need to bring spending under control in the states out of control. We need to reduce taxes across the board. We should reverse the state's ban on the safe extraction of natural gas. Uh, promote school choice in our schools, make sure that parents are being encouraged to be as involved as possible in their kids' education, and the list goes on. The difference between Kathy Hochul's supporters and mine is that people are out there not only because they oppose Kathy Hochul, but they know what I stand for. I've been talking about all this, and we're working hard to not just win an election, but to win a mandate to be able to get this stuff done. Kathy Hochul, she really stands for nothing. She doesn't talk about this. People aren't out there pounding the pavement because they believe in her. No one loves her. For us, we have made it very clear from the economic front to the the attacks on freedoms we witness to the attacks on safety and the attacks on our kids' education. Across the board, we come with a whole host of ideas for not just a, a productive first 100 days. As I told Maria Bartiromo Sunday morning on her show, 
I'm all about having a productive first 100 minutes to get things on track. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a show you were on there. She's terrific. Let me ask you this. I feel like you've, you've done some unique things here. You've managed to unite the Republican Party behind you, including the conservative party. I feel like you're pulling from independents in the state and you're pulling from some Democrats in the state. Do you think you'll get enough independents and Democrats? And how are you reaching out to them? I, I don't mean specifically, here's what I do for independents, but what do you think is resonating? Well, they care about not feeling safe on the streets and the subways, just like Republicans do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are Democrats who are upset with how far left this party has gone. There's one AOC down in Washington. There's like... 20 or 30 AOCs up in Albany. One party rule, outsized power of self-described socialists. A lot of Democrats feel like their party has left them. There are a lot of independents who believe that balance need to be, needs to be restored to the state. They're really in this because they want to save New York City. They want to save New York State. Uh, they, they care about having people in office who understand that public service is about serving the public, not being served by the public. They want to be in charge of their own government rather than being ruled by an emperor or governor. The governor has called on New Yorkers to be her apostles. She's referred to herself as the mother of New York's 62 counties. When she does stuff like this, it doesn't just turn off Republicans and conservatives, but add on all the pay-to-play corruption on top of it all. She's turned off a lot of independents, and she's turned off a lot of Democrats as well. We're seeing big-time support coming in from independents, big-time. And as far as Democrats go, the interesting thing that people don't understand about the registration gap in New York is that a lot of Democrats are in New York City, and they register Democrat because that's what you do. They want to have their vote count, and they believe the best way to make their vote count is to be able to vote in the Democratic primary for the most normal candidate, if there is one. And that's why they're registered Democrat. But they're actually conservative Democrats. There's a lot of them, and they're coming our way. Well, look, the Democrats have uh, abused the state. They've abused the taxpayer. They've abused the law. New York is a, is a state in decline. People are leaving. And if people vote for more of the same, it's going to be a state in further decline, and more people are going to leave. You're going to lose your economic base. And New York is going to become a... a uh, a has-been state. I'm just being perfectly honest, like what's happening to California. This is an opportunity for New Yorkers to turn things around, to begin to claw their way back, to begin to, to embrace the things that used to make New York so vibrant, so strong, where you got tourism, where people wanted to go and set up businesses and all the rest. And this is the opportunity to do it. I encourage you to go to zeldonfornewyork.com. Vote early. If there's early voting, vote early. Make sure you vote. Make sure you talk to your friends and neighbors and family. If they're inclined to vote the same way, this is not one you can sit out. It can be that close. This is a kind of election, Lee Zeldin, where a thousand votes can separate the winner from the loser, no? Oh, absolutely. And I want this race to be over in the win column on Tuesday, November 8th. I don't want to have to wake up the next day and they're still... Still trying to figure out how to count those last few votes in an, an extraordinarily tight race. I mean, there's a saying that so goes New York, so goes the country. I mean, so rises New York, so rises the country. We have an opportunity here to lead the way. I'm tired of seeing Republicans on their heels and losing in red states like Georgia. I think 2022 is a good year. 
to see Democrats on their heels and losing in places like New York. Every vote matters. I don't even want this to be that close. All right, Lee Zeldin. Zeldin for New York.com, Z-E-L-D-I-N for New York.com. If you live in New York, you got to do everything you can to help him become governor and down ticket as well. you got a number of very, very important congressional races, too, I see, some of which are very close. Lee Zeldin, uh, be safe. I hope your family's safe. What took place to you in front of your lawn there with your daughters and everything is, uh, it is harrowing. It's frightening. And it's and it's and it's a an example by gang related yeah. shooting on my front yard. It's unbelievable, which tells you if it can happen there, it can happen anywhere. And it does. All right, Amen. Lee Zeldin. God bless and good luck to you, my friend. Thank you, Mark. All right. Take care of yourself. Mr. Producer, would you open your microphone, please? You have a Republican running in your district. What's his name? Mike Lawler. Lawler, did you say? L-A-W-L-E-R. Lawler. Yeah, Lawler. And who is he running against? The DCCC chairman, Patrick Maloney. Patrick Maloney, this is in New York, is running the Democrat House races for Pelosi. He is your congressman in a district that is marginally Democrat. In other words, it's a close district. And you have a fellow running against him by the name of Lawler, and it's actually tied according to the local polls. Is that correct? And you were lobbing me to mention Mr. Lawler. Is that correct? I'm trying to do my part here. All right. So if you live in that district, in that congressional district, make sure you vote for Lawler. And it's not just there, ladies and gentlemen. We have close races all over this country in every single state, including in California. There's some close races. You are going to make the difference. You Levinites. You are going to make the difference. I know you are. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, I apologize. I very much want to get to your calls. I do. We ran out of time tonight. But there's so much I think that's important to the lead up to the election. So from time to time, just forgive me. That's the way it is. And uh, we've got a lot to do. You can check us out on Levin TV where we discuss a lot of the issues, too, where we have uh, cut rate subscriptions there. Of course, my Fox show on Sunday and here every day, almost every day, five days a week. We take off less time from this program than any other host, certainly any other national host. Well, there's a big story out there, ladies and gentlemen. A big story out there involving the Biden crime family and the amount of money that they actually they actually received. Now, some of you are saying, Mark, you know, uh, you heard about that court case in Washington, right? You heard that the uh, Russian got off on all four counts, right? I didn't spend a lot of time on this because I knew this would happen. And the reason it's happening, ladies and gentlemen, is these big cases are going to Washington, D.C. juries. And as soon as they hear Donald Trump's name, even though he's the victim, it's almost a lost cause. Something has to be done about this. All of our major cases involving the FBI, intelligence agencies, all these issues, I don't believe they should be heard in Washington, D.C., which is like 93% Democrat and 100% anti-Trump. 
And they don't have to be. Congress passed laws affecting the jurisdiction of the courts except for the U.S. Supreme Court. These district courts are created by Congress. Something has to be done where people can actually get fair trials. Look what's happening to the protesters from January 6th. I'm talking about the paraders and, and the so-called trespassers who didn't even go in the building or were waved into the building. They're all getting the books thrown at them by the Department of Justice. They're not getting a jury trial of their peers. And so it's not right. Look at Bannon. They want to put Bannon in prison for six months. For what? It's outrageous. It's appalling. And these prosecutors are getting more and more aggressive, more and more rogue, as is the FBI, because they know they're going to be backed up by a jury of their peers, not the peers of the defendants. And that's what the Constitution compels. So from a constitutional perspective, this jurisdictional issue, I believe, has to be changed. Something we'll talk about in the future. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. And I want to specifically thank all the Levinites out there. We're going to do something in addition to what they would normally do. Vote, of course, but something else. Think about it. I'll see you tomorrow, and God bless you.